Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Richard Nixon. Well, I'm not a crook. Ronald Reagan. Tear down this wall. George W. Bush. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And Donald Trump. And a friend of mine for a long time, he uh, only likes politics. If you ask him about how are the Yankees doing, he has no interest. If you ask him almost anything, he likes politics and he's a professional at the highest level Roger Stone. All of these presidents relied on one man to secure their seat in the Oval Office. That man is Roger Stone. This is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Welcome. This is Roger Stone, and this is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. The crown jewel of talk radio. For the next two hours, from four to six, we'll talk politics, news, history, food, style, and, well, a lot more. Later on in the show, I'm going to be taking your calls at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. I want to make uh, certain that I wish everyone, hope everyone, had a restful and blessed Thanksgiving. Uh, coming from an Italian family, you know, sure, we had the turkey and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes uh, and the gravy uh, and the, the the peas and the uh, turnips, but we also had the lasagna. Uh, we had the uh, we had the uh, traditional Thanksgiving sausage and peppers. I ate way too much marron, but uh, it is also in this past week the 60th anniversary. Uh, of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. That was Wednesday. This is a subject about which I wrote a New York Times best-selling book in 2013, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Uh, And uh, it is uh, a book that I took to six different publishers, all of whom told me that it had no commercial appeal, that it would never be successful, uh, but uh, it became a New York Times bestseller, uh, and uh, it, uh, it has done very well. If you bother to buy it, I urge you to get the paperback edition. It has three additional chapters. Uh, the Warren Commission uh, declared in 1964 uh, that uh, on the basis of their investigation, which was really the rubber stamp of an investigation by J. Edgar Hoover's FBI, that he opened and closed in seven days flat immediately after the murder of John F. Kennedy in the streets of Dallas, Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, a lone nut, indeed a communist, uh, acting alone, shot and killed President John F. Kennedy. Interestingly enough, uh, the number of Americans who do not believe that, according to the Gallup poll, uh, which was very low in the period immediately after the uh, assassination, where about 53% uh, agreed with that statement. Uh, Today, 65% of Americans 
in a Gallup poll conducted in October think that Kennedy's assassination involved a, a conspiracy. Uh, when asked uh, who was involved in that conspiracy, 20% of Americans say uh, the U.S. government. But frankly, something has changed. Something has changed dramatically. The, the New York Times actually, to my surprise, ran a story, which we covered here on the Roger Stone Show, about 88-year-old Paul Landis, uh, a retired Secret Service agent, who came forward to say uh, that he had actually found the so-called pristine bullet, uh, the bullet that uh, the autopsy uh, of Kennedy claimed uh, and the investigation by the Warren Commission claimed had, uh, had uh, pierced John Kennedy, hit Governor John Connolly, lodged in his thigh and then fell out on his stretcher. Uh, in fact, Paul Landis said that he found this pristine bullet uh, in the rear of Kennedy's limousine and he placed it on Kennedy's stretcher uh, in Parkland Memorial Hospital. Uh, a nurse by the name of Phyllis Hill uh, saw him do it. She's also come forward. The reason this is significant is because it essentially debunks the so-called magic bullet theory. That is the conclusion of the Warren Commission uh, that said that uh, John Kennedy was shot from behind, three shots, all fired by Lee Harvey Oswald using a bolt-action uh, arcane uh, Carcano rifle, Italian army carbine, uh, from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository building. Uh, before this uh, program is over, I'm going to tell you who did shoot President John F. Kennedy from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository building, and I'm going to I'm going to relate to you the fingerprint and eyewitness evidence uh, that proves it. But in addition to the New York Times, which has long been a progenitor of the single gunman acting alone, the lone nutter philosophy. Uh, to my surprise, Paramount Pictures actually green-lighted and made an extraordinary documentary entitled What the Parkland Doctors Saw. Uh, this is significant uh, because what the doctors saw was that President John F. Kennedy uh, had bullet wounds that were indicative of the fact that he'd been shot, shot from both the front uh, and uh, the back. That, of course, means uh, that there was a conspiracy, uh, and that uh, disproves the Warren Commission conclusions. In fact, uh, in 1978, uh, a House Committee, Select Committee on Assassinations, which had been set up specifically uh, because of public doubt regarding both the assassination of John F. Kennedy, doubt that was really stirred to a fever pitch a little earlier by Oliver Stone's amazing film, JFK. And that investigation uh, said that there was a conspiracy uh, and that organized crime had uh, been involved. But that's all they told us, and they didn't name any names. Additionally, of course, within this same time frame, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has come forward uh, with a very compelling interview in which he points the finger at the Central Intelligence Agency 
uh, in the murder of his uncle, uh, as well as telling a chilling story about the murder of his father, uh, in which he also believes that the public narrative that uh, Sirhan Sirin, a Palestinian acting alone, uh, killed his father. Uh, and JF, uh, pardon me, RFK cites the uh, book JFK and the Unspeakables, Why He Died and Why It Matters by James Douglas as the source of his documentation. It is indeed a very compelling book. The conclusion I reached, frankly, is that there was a plot, notice I don't say conspiracy, uh, that involved the Central Intelligence Agency, the mob, Big Texas Oil, the Secret Service, uh, with a subsequent cover-up by the FBI. Now, when you examine a crime like this, uh, you need to look at motive, means, and opportunity. I argue that every one of those institutions or the in individuals involved within them had their individual motive for the murder of JFK. The Central Intelligence Agency's motive is rather clear. Uh, the Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba, which was planned under President Dwight Eisenhower uh, in a working group chaired by Vice President Richard Nixon, uh, had been an abysmal failure. Kennedy uh, blamed the Central Intelligence Agency, first of all, because they claimed that the result of the invasion by Cubans uh, storming the beaches uh, would be a popular uprising among the people against Castro, which, of course, did not happen. Uh, but additionally, the Central Intelligence Agency had promised JFK that the men storming the beaches uh, would be uh, provided air cover by 29 Panamanian-flagged bombers flown by Cuban pilots out of Panama. For reasons we do not know, uh, Charles Cable, the number two man at the CIA, subsequently fired by JFK, uh, and strangely enough, the brother of Texas, Dallas, Texas, Mayor Earl Cable, a crony of Lyndon Johnson, uh, who essentially never left Johnson's side from the moment of the assassination, uh, along with Dallas's police chief. Uh, the uh, there is very little dispute because Kennedy himself says uh, he wants to shatter the CIA and scatter it to the wind. The other motive of the intelligence agencies, of course, is Kennedy's handling of the Cuban Missile Crisis. See, and the Cuban Missile Crisis didn't go down the way we've been told uh, it did. There's actually a movie about this which glamorizes brave Jack and Bobby Kennedy for facing down Nikita Khrushchev uh, and getting him to remove the missiles that he had placed 90 miles from our shore. That's not quite what happened. In fact, uh, the intelligence services, the Pentagon and the State Department certainly knew in real time that the Kennedy brothers made a secret deal with JFK, uh, LBJ, uh, Richard Nixon, who came to town to uh, address uh, a Coca-Cola, uh, pardon me, a Pepsi-Cola bottlers convention, uh, and George H.W. Bush. George Bush said for 30 years he couldn't remember uh, where he was uh, on that fateful day, but ultimately it was established that he was in Tyler, Texas. 
Now, he would say for 30 years he couldn't remember where he was. Anybody who is my age uh, knows exactly where they were, were the moment that John F. Kennedy was killed. Uh, but we do know that George H.W. Bush called the FBI station chief in Houston essentially to establish that he was uh, in Tyler, Texas, uh, and he actually uh, made up what I think was a ruse. He reported the identity of some young Republican in Harris County who he, who he said may or may not ha have threatened the life of the president. When the Secret Service arrived at this young man's home, they found him in the backyard uh, making George Bush for the U.S. Senate posters, painting them. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, the 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. I'm going to tell you a lot more about Jack Ruby. Uh, and uh, thanks for joining the Roger Stone Show right here at 77 WABC. Don't forget to download that app to your cell phone. Do it right now. It's the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Do you love a good cigar? I do. That's why I love my Patriot cigars. These are the highest quality long-leaf Nicaraguan tobacco cigars, and believe me, the price is right. So go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE for 25% off. Free shipping on orders over $100. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE. Premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going and he's smart and he's strong and people love him. Not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone. Now, here's Roger Stone. Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, uh, and we are dissecting the Warren Commission's conclusion that Lee Harvey Oswald, who said uh, that uh, he was a patsy, 
Lee Harvey Oswald, who a paraffin test showed had no nitrate whatsoever on his chest or his arms, uh, and who insisted that he had not shot anyone, had clearly not shot a gun that day. Brings us, to, of course, to the question of Jack Ruby. Uh, the Warren Commission told us that Jack Ruby, the man who was seen on national television killing Lee Harvey Oswald, thus uh, uh, silencing the patsy, as he called himself, had no known association with organized crime, which is really laughable. Uh, Jack Ruby, better known as Jack Rubenstein, had been a button man for Carlos Marcello, had actually been an enforcer for the mob in Chicago, uh, had uh, run a casino for Marcello in Cuba, uh, and uh, the Carousel Club, uh, which he ostensibly owned, was actually owned uh, by Marcello. Jack Ruby, uh, known as Jack Rubenstein, uh, pops up in a very strange place. Uh, in 1948, Congressman Lyndon Baines Johnson went to Congressman Richard Nixon and said, I notice you have some excess budget in the House Un-American Activities Committee uh, uh, minority budget. Actually, at that point, it was a majority budget. Uh, and I'd like you to hire Jack Rubenstein of Chicago uh, as an informant uh, for the committee. And uh, Nixon complied. Rubenstein was actually brought to Nixon by Murray Shatner, who was not only Nixon's early political mentor, the first modern political consultant, but also a well-known mob lawyer. Perhaps this is why uh, Richard Nixon, watching the assassination of Lee Harvey Oswald on national television uh, with his trusted aide, Nick Rui, uh, who is really his body man, uh, sees uh, the visage of Ruby and says, I know that man, I know that man. Uh, this uh, is all documented in the records of the clerk of the house, uh, but uh, clearly it connects Jack Ruby, who most definitely killed Lee Harvey Oswald, to Lyndon Baines Johnson. Uh, I would uh, later have the direct opportunity to ask uh, Nixon this question. Uh, 1989, when I was doing some political chores for him, uh, I had spent enough time with the old man, as everybody who worked for him called him, uh, to know that uh, he did not, he was not retrospective. He, it was very hard to get him to talk about things in the past. Eisenhower, Khrushchev, uh, getting stoned in Caracas, uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, but when he had a couple cocktails, he became positively loquacious. Uh, I've actually cited his silver bullet martini recipe right here on the Roger Stone Show. And therefore, when I got a chance to ask him directly uh, who killed Kennedy, he said, well, the Warren Commission was the biggest goddamn hoax in American history. By the way, he said the exact same thing to Pat Buchanan. Uh, but when I pressed him, he kind of looked into his drink, shuddered, and first said, Dallas. I said, I'm sorry, sir, I don't, I don't understand. He said, let me put it to you this way. Both Lyndon and I wanted to be president, but I wasn't willing to kill for it. There you have it, folks. Before the end of the show, I'm going to tell you who the shooter from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository was and how I reached that conclusion, including the fingerprint evidence and eyewitness evidence uh, that uh, I uh, rely on. 
but in the meantime, we're going to go to the phones and take your calls. If you're interested in calling, that number is 800-848-9222. Let's uh, go to uh, John in Connecticut. Hello, Roger. Roger Stone. Yes, indeed. Where are you in Connecticut? Uh, Southbury, Connecticut. I'm an ex-Marine. When Kennedy got assassinated, I was a 21-year-old kid. I was crying. But you know something? I was naive. Now I'm older. He had a lot of ghosts in his uh, wardrobe. He was connected to the Irish mob in uh, in Massachusetts with that guy, Whitey Bulger. So he, he was a, a, an honest politician. And then the Texans down there were still fighting the Civil War. They hated a Yankee, uh, especially a Catholic from North, coming down there. But uh, the assassination of Kennedy had to do with a lot of things. The mob wanted that out of the way because he turned coat on them. They got him elected. And uh, the the Irish mob in uh, in Massachusetts hated the Italian mob in in, uh, in uh, Massachusetts and down south. So there was a lot of friction. Politics is a dirty game, and you you, you don't know who's your enemy. And the Texans down there didn't like Kennedy, didn't like Irish Catholic uh, Kennedys. My friend joined the paratroopers in 1958. He says, boy, they, they, they're fighting the Civil War down there. He says, uh, all, all the NCOs were all like uh, uh, Southern rebels. They hated any guys that came from the North to train down there. But uh, getting back to Biden, uh, he would allow like 10, 10 million Chinese troops to come into this country the way he's going. Because he, he was getting hundreds of millions of dollars from the Chinese communists. Even that guy, McConnell, the Republican, he got $80 million from uh, the Chinese government. So right. there's a lot of corruption in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, let, let, uh, let me address that from the top. I must say that uh, everything you say about John Kennedy is true. They, he definitely had ties through his father uh, to organized crime. They definitely played a major role in his uh, razor-thin upset election. Uh, he definitely, uh, through the actions of his attorney general brother, Robert Kennedy, uh, he definitely double-crossed them. Uh, at the same time, he was an ardent anti-communist. Uh, he favored a massive defense buildup uh, because the Soviets were building uh, a war machine at that time. He insisted on a silver-backed dollar. Uh, he had a deep suspicion of the intelligence agencies because of the uh, their lies to him regarding the Bay of Pigs invasion in Cuba and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, we talked about that earlier uh, on the show. Uh, as far as Biden is concerned, I believe that the House Oversight Committee has evidence that would prove everything you say. Uh, not only has Joe Biden lied, uh, but uh, I think there are bank transfers and bank records and other records that document uh, your claim that he has taken payments uh, through a Chinese energy company, uh, and that means he is compromised. The question is, uh, will Joe Biden be treated the same way 
Donald Trump was tweeted, treated. Will there be an intensive investigation? Uh, Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro, uh, who both worked for Donald Trump, uh, refused to testify for the January 6th committee. Uh, I was called to testify. I fulfilled my legal obligations because I pled the Fifth Amendment. Uh, therefore, you don't get tricked in some some process crime, some word game. That happened to me once. was not going to happen to me twice. I pled the fifth not because I had anything to hide, not because I knew anything particularly, but because I knew of the Democrats' ability to twist your words and hand it over to a hostile uh, Department of Justice. But Ben and Navarro refused to testify, uh, and they were, uh, they were charged with contempt. They were convicted with contempt. Now, uh, Congressman James Comer has sent subpoenas uh, to, uh, to Hunter Biden uh, and to uh, James Biden uh, and uh, a third Biden, uh, and it remains to be seen whether they will respect those. Uh, and if they do not respect those subpoenas uh, and show up and testify, even if they plead the fifth, uh, and that is referred to the Justice Department as the Bannon and Navarro prosecutions were, uh, will any action be taken against them? Uh, that uh, it, I think we have a two-tiered justice system uh, writ large. I uh, thank you very much, John, for your question. Let's go to uh, Jackson in Oklahoma. Well, it's great to be on with you, Mr. Stone. And uh, my question is, if Trump is to get reelected in 24, do you think that he would, within his term, release all of the JFK files that are redacted and so forth? Do you think all of those would get released? And if so, what kind of impact would that have on like the American public having that information? Well, first of all, I, he said publicly that he will now, uh, if he becomes president again, he will release everything. Uh, the Congress passed the uh, the uh, JFK Assassination Records Act, I think in 1997, I believe it was, that set a timetable uh, so that the first enormous tranche of classified documents uh, were scheduled to be released in 2017, the first year of the Trump presidency. Uh, I urged him to uh, release those. Uh, he said he would think about it. Uh, I came away with the idea that he would. Uh, in the end, he released uh, about 80% of the material, holding back 20, he would later tell me, because Mike Pompeo, uh, the head of the CIA, later Secretary of State, uh, argued uh, that releasing them would expose our sources and methods. That's really unacceptable. First of all, uh, there are no sources involved in the Kennedy assassination 60 years ago, still living, that we know of. Uh, and secondarily, if, if indeed these documents show that the Central Intelligence Agency knew far more about uh, the movements of Lee Harvey Oswald, as did the FBI, uh, they wouldn't cooperate, Central Intelligence would not cooperate with the House Un-American Activities, pardon me, the House Select Committee on Assassinations uh, investigation in 1978. They stonewalled it in terms of either testimony or documents, probably why the commission came up with a uh, limited uh, conclusion that organized crime had been involved in Kennedy's uh, assassination. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, I think that, uh, that the decision then went to Joe Biden. 
uh, and Biden had to make the same decision. Uh, and yet again, Biden elected to hold back 20% of the documents uh, earlier this year. What is in this that the docu that they are hiding? Uh, based on uh, James Douglas's book, based on the research I did for my own book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. By the way, if you want a copy, you can go to themanwhokilledkennedy.com, themanwhokilledkennedy.com, and you'll get a, you'll get a signed copy. Uh, I concluded that the Central Intelligence Agency was deeply involved in the Kennedy assassination. Uh, they didn't act alone, as I have made a point earlier, but I think that is the final conclusion when all of these documents are released. Let me put it another way. The U.S. government essentially uh, uh, moved and approved uh, and orchestrated the murder of a U.S. president. That is a, a very scary idea. Uh, I do think Trump will release them. Uh, I thank you uh, very much for your question. Let's go to Andrew in California. Hey, Roger. Andrew, thanks for calling. What's your question? Hey, Roger. Uh, yeah, in 2015 in Nevada, Donald Trump was out on the st on stump, and he was talking about he was one of the first politicians to delineate the difference between corporate cannabis and folks who need medical cannabis for their uh, for their care. And he talked about states' rights as being his policy stance in 2015 for the 2016 cycle. I'm just curious now that, that, that it's so much more widely accepted for people to find alternative means of medical uh, care, and namely in cannabis, that why isn't Trump talking about it now in, in Nevada and Colorado and swing states when it could politically help him? Well, of course, uh, he is a states' rights man. I think what he said at the time was that all he, although he personally would not vote for it, it should be left up to the states. On the other hand, have you been to Las Vegas recently? Uh, there's a marijuana shop literally on uh, every corner. So uh, it is, uh, uh, It is. Uh, I still think with some 38 states now, I think, perhaps more, have legalized some form of medicinal marijuana, uh, which many veterans use for PTSD, which has many legitimate uh, uh, medical benefits, uh, it is uh, uh, it is absolutely clear that it's a state's rights issue. I don't think there'd be any uh, change in Trump's position. I do think he should uh, clarify it, because what you have going on right now uh, is an apoplectic uh, response to all of these polls that show Trump is not only leading against Biden, but he continues to hold a, leading, a lead. Uh, NBC showed it in their poll, uh, and they acted like it was some kind of shock Oh, for the first time, President Donald Trump leads Joe Biden, but actually covered on this program uh, about 10 days earlier, perhaps longer, uh, the New York Times Siena College poll, a poll whose methodology I respect, uh, uh, then followed by the Bloomberg Morning Consult poll, uh, the, whose methodology I respect, uh, followed by extraordinary polling by uh, big data polls, uh, all show uh, Trump leading Biden. Uh, this has c caused two things to happen. One, uh, I think there's an internal fight right now inside the Democratic Party. Uh, if if Joe is going to step down, well, that means Vice President Kamala Harris wants that nomination. Uh, there's no guarantee that Joe will step down. Uh, he obviously likes being president. Dr. Jill really likes his being president. 
uh, Barack Obama has a lot to say about this. Uh, I've said publicly on this show, I've had Joel Gilbert, the documentary filmmaker on the show, uh, telling us uh, that I, and I've said, I believe that Michelle Obama uh, will not only ultimately be uh, the candidate, but that she'd be a very strong and formidable candidate. Uh, and that politically, given the importance of African-Americans and people of color within the Democratic Party coalition, they could only bypass a sitting woman of color who is the vice president uh, by uh, nominating a woman of color uh, who is far more popular uh, and I would argue more articulate. But the other way this has manifested itself uh, is uh, this uh, Alinsky-style claim by people uh, as diverse as Jen Psaki, uh, Joe Scarborough and his sidekick uh, Minka, uh, the odious Mehdi Hassan, that if Donald Trump is elected, uh, he's going to weaponize the criminal justice system against his enemies. Uh, he is going to uh, use uh, law enforcement or the, or the uh, uh, armed services to put down protests. Uh, he is going to uh, execute people without trial. That one's one of my favorites. Uh, he is uh, going to uh, set up concentration camps while he's talked about deporting illegals. Uh, but and that he's just like Adolf Hitler. Uh, this is this is driving a hate Trump agenda, uh, and its uh, ugliest manifestation uh, is a story uh, in the Business Insider uh, entitled "Here's What Happens If Trump Dies While Running in the 19 in the 2024 Presidential Election." Between this, the much media coverage of the murder of John F. Kennedy and stories like this, uh, I think that they are trying to normalize the idea that a president uh, could be killed. I pray for the safety uh, of Donald Trump every day. Uh, the Business Insider, when criticized about this, rushed out a story uh, with a similar analysis of what would happen uh, if Joe Biden were to die short of the election, short of the convention, and so on. But to me, this is a very dangerous slope. They're trying to gin up a violence against Trump supporters. Uh, they are accusing us of exactly, exactly what the Biden administration is doing today. Uh, these people have no self-awareness. It is extraordinarily dangerous. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for your call. Uh, let's go to uh, Karim in New York. Karim, welcome to the Roger Stone Show. Hi, Roger. Uh, good to hear your voice. Uh, my question is, uh, post this Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the Gen Zs and the millennials have been voicing their displeasure with Joe Biden, many of which are saying they will not be voting for Joe Biden for a second term. Uh, with that being said, do you anticipate the Gen Zs, millennials, a, staying home and not voting at all, B, voting for an independent candidate such as Kennedy, or C, do you anticipate the Democratic Party putting up another more appealing candidate to, uh, to this demographic? Well, first of all, let's, uh, let's uh, focus uh, on the premise uh, of your question. Let's just assume that Biden will be the Democratic Party nominee. All the polls I just cited, the New York Times Siena College poll, 
the Bloomberg Morning Consult poll, the big data polls, uh, all the polls reflected in the real clear politics average, uh, which is what you really should look at. Because if you're studying a poll, recognize it is a temporary sh snapshot in time. If the methodology is solid in terms of the sample size, the way the sample was gathered, the order of the questions, the dispassionate wording of the questions. Don't ever look at any one poll and say, well, this is what's going on. Look at a number of polls conducted in the same time period. What you will see is that uh, heretofore uh, solid Democratic-based votes, <clears throat> such as African-Americans uh, and Hispanics uh, and lower-income whites, uh, are moving to Donald Trump, working-class voters. Uh, and this is why the Democratic Party is scared out of their minds. Uh, this same poll shows that Trump has gained among Gen Z. Now, as long as uh, this, uh, this pro-Palestinian uh, strain in American politics that I so much object to continues to dominate the Democratic Party, so much so that Joe Biden has to put limitations on Israel's right to defend themselves, uh, and Joe Biden conducts hostage negotiations in which, to my knowledge, not one American has yet to be released, not one American hostage. I heard a news break here on WABC radio in which Biden said he looks forward to additional Americans being released. Were any Americans released? So I think the opportunity here, strangely enough, uh, is not for Robert F. Kennedy, but perhaps for Professor Cornell West, if he can manage to get on the ballot. First of all, I think that is consistent with his position. Uh, that uh, And uh, uh, I think that presents a real opportunity for him. But I stress to you, for reasons unbeknownst to me, uh, Professor West, who probably could have had the Green Party nomination, uh, elected uh, to leave that party uh, and take on the hard task of petitioning his way on the ballot as an independent. Uh, as the Green Party candidate, he would have, I think, automatically been on the ballot in about 30 states, roughly, and would only have to undergo the very difficult, very expensive, uh, very arcane uh, process of collecting enough signatures in each state or reaching whatever the state requirements are. Remember, running as independent requires 50 different ballot access processes. I worked on this for Governor Gary Johnson when he was the Libertarian Party nominee in 2012 because I briefly bolted the party of Lincoln, the party of Eisenhower, the party of Goldwater, the party of Reagan, uh, Nixon, and of course uh, Trump uh, to join the Libertarian Party. I found out it's tough to be in a party with a bunch of people who are anarchists because when you point to the party rules, they say, rules? We don't believe in any rules. I rejoined the Republican Party after the hostile takeover of the GLP uh, by the America First movement, by a populist wave led by none other than uh, Donald J. Trump. So uh, if Biden is on the ballot, uh, unless he continues to make concessions uh, to the woke mob screaming about Gaza, uh, he is in danger of losing those votes. Uh, but I, I, Robert Kennedy's issue position on this I don't think is attractive to those voters either, as far as I understand it. Uh, and uh, I think they probably go to Professor West. I thank you so much for your question. Very helpful. Thank you. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is The Roger Stone Show. If you want to call in, we are here at 800-848-9222. 
1-800-848-9222. And we're happy to have your calls. Our focus today has been on the Kennedy assassination uh, because we were at the 60th anniversary. Uh, If you're at 770 on the AM dial, don't touch that dial. But of course, if you're out of town, you can hear us on WABCradio.com. While you're at it, go grab the 77 WABC radio app. It's available at the App Store. That way you won't miss any of the extraordinary programming here, uh, both entertainment and talk. We are truly the crown jewel of AM radio. I was uh, very excited about the election uh, of uh, Javier Millet uh, in uh, Argentina. I had followed uh, him extensively. We had exchanged uh, messages uh, by email. Uh, Look, he is, uh, like Donald Trump, he is a showman. Uh, He understands symbolism. He understands that you have to be blunt uh, and interesting uh, in order to to keep the attention of the voters. If you, if the only thing worse in politics, as Nixon used to say, is being boring. Uh, And uh, Javier Malay is anything uh, but uh, boring. Uh, And uh, all I would point out to you, and I think this is very significant, Argentina has all paper ballots. Uh, They're counted all on the night of the election after the polls are closed, and they managed to count 28 million votes and get an accurate result. Now, voter fraud is not unknown in Argentina. Uh, I have been told by a number of Argentine uh, political consultants uh, or activists, uh, but a very vigorous poll-watching operation prevented it in the most recent election. Uh, it is extraordinary uh, that uh, that the Donald Trump of Argentina, a man who has vowed uh, to uh, make Argentina great again, uh, won over two established parties uh, by a large margin, uh, and has a radical libertarian agenda that includes closing the central bank, slashing spending, uh, and uh, getting rid of the peso. Anyway, this is The Roger Stone Show. We're taking your calls, and I will be right back. Richard Nixon. Well, I'm not a crook. Ronald Reagan. Tear down this wall. George W. Bush. I can hear you. The rest of the world. And Donald Trump. And a friend of mine for a long time, he uh, only likes politics. If you ask him about how are the Yankees doing, he has no interest. If you ask him almost anything, he likes politics and he's a professional at the highest level. Roger Stone. All of these presidents relied on one man to secure their seat in the Oval Office. That man is Roger Stone. This is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Welcome back. This is Roger Stone, and this is the Roger Stone Show. We're here from 4 to 6 every Sunday afternoon to talk about a mix of politics, news, history, food, culture, uh, you name it. Uh, I noticed that the New York Adult Survivors Act uh, put in place by New York State, which extended uh, the statute of limitations for those claiming a sexual assault, which was really designed 
to uh, ensnare President Donald Trump in what I believe is the uh, unjust uh, and inaccurate claims of a woman named E. Jean Carroll. The courts have ruled otherwise. Uh, that uh, some 30 plus years ago, Donald Trump assaulted her in, uh, in a department store. It sounds unlikely to me. Trump denies it. But it has inadvertently now snared uh, not only uh, P. Diddy himself, Sean Combs, uh, uh, LR, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, as well as uh, Mayor Eric Adams, uh, as, and now, to my surprise, uh, Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo. So um, perhaps uh, this is karma. Uh, and then this made me chuckle. Uh, Director Rob Reiner claims he's unearthed proof that JFK was killed by four shooters, not one. Uh, no stuff, Sherlock. Where were you in 2013 when I wrote a New York Times bestselling book that proved this? There are uh, four shooters. Uh, there is uh, the man who shot from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository Building, who I have, uh, without any dispute, connected to Lyndon Baines Johnson. We're going to reveal his identity later. There is a shooter uh, uh, behind the fence on the grassy knoll. Uh, several railroad workers can be seen on YouTube saying that they saw a, a puff of smoke uh, rise from uh, uh, along the fence line. Uh, a railroad supervisor says he saw two men drive up in a green Plymouth station wagon, take a rifle bag out of the car, remove the rifle. One of the two men shot. They quickly put the rifle back in the bag uh, and they left. Uh, the Warren Commission was uh, told this. Uh, it is information they ignored. Uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know where Rob Reiner has been, but he truly is uh, a, a meathead. Uh, the third shooter is in the sewer grate, most likely Johnny Roselli, who claims that he was him. The second shooter, I think, is a Corsican uh, sharpshooter who has uh, been imported specifically for this mission. Uh, I think there's also a shooter in the Dow Techs building. What the doctors from Parkland saw and were warned never to discuss with anyone uh, was that uh, Kennedy had been shot from the front and the back, that the wound in his throat, uh, had, uh, which had been described in the autopsy as an exit wound coming from the rear, was in fact an entrance wound coming from the front. Uh, doctors uh, at Parkland conducted a quick tracheotomy so that by the time the body got to Bethesda Medical Center, nobody would be able to tell. The same six doctors also record a grapefruit-sized wound on the back of Kennedy's head, uh, consistent with a blowout exit wound. Uh, by the time Kennedy's body got to Bethesda Medical Center, uh, that has been patched. There is no report of it. We do know that the New York Times reported uh, that uh, Warren Commission member Gerald Ford, then a congressman, uh, was asked by J. Edgar Hoover to alter the autopsy diagrams to move the depiction of the wound in Kennedy's upper back to his lower neck in order to accommodate Arlen Specter's cockamamie magic bullet theory that one of the three bullets uh, hit Kennedy went on, waited a while, then went on to uh, hit Governor Connolly. That is further debunked by 
Secret Service agent Paul Landis, who came forward uh, recently. So uh, Rob Reiner has a multi-part 10-episode podcast, which I'm sure he wants you to pay for. Save all your money, folks. Go get a copy of The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Uh, you get that at themanwhokilledkennedy.com. Uh, it tells you all about who the four shooters were uh, and why. Let's go uh, back uh, to the phones. Uh, Vincent in Daytona. Uh, Vincent, welcome to The Roger Stone Show. R. Vincent, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate you, uh, Roger. It's so much information uh, that you're sharing with us about the uh, Kennedy assassination. And um, I want to just say that I've um, been following you for a long time. I watched you on the PBD um, podcast last week, and um, that's a great show. However, and I'm trying to be uh, less critical um, with my Christianity and stuff. I'm just trying to be more humble. But PBD, I think uh, there is a, a missed mark there having RMFS on his show on the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. And uh, hardly any questions were asked about uh, RMFS's knowledge of the situation, you know? And you wrote the premier book about it, New York Times bestselling uh, book about it. So just what gives? Um, why not more emphasis on uh, on that, considering you were on that show. I thought you were on there for, uh, specifically for that reason, you know, to discuss JFK, but you guys talked about topics well, that uh, well, weren't very well, sure, uh, interesting, I'm, to be honest with you. Well, that that is uh, obviously one man's opinion. First of all, I really like uh, Paul. Uh, I really like Patrick Bet David. I think he is a, 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 an amazing businessman, entrepreneur, family man, patriot, uh, very committed to the truth. I'm very grateful for his invitation. I had a great time, uh, but uh, it was never understood that this would be all about the Kennedy assassination because it was the 60th anniversary. Actually, it was the day before the 60th anniversary. We certainly talked about it, but we talked about politics. We talked about the 2024 election uh, as well as things uh, in the news. I had a great time. It's had hundreds of thousands uh, of views uh, on uh, YouTube, I guess it is. So I have no complaint whatsoever. I'm glad to hear, however, that you enjoyed uh, the show. Thank you very much for your question. Folks, uh, once again, if you're interested in calling in, our number here is 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. In the past, people have uh, complained that the line was busy or that your call was dropped. Uh, we can obviously can't take everybody's call at the same time, but we welcome your calls. That number, 800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Julian uh, in San Juan. Hey, Roger. Thank you so much for calling. Hi. What is your question? Hi, Roger. Listen, I just wanted to first say that uh, I think you're an American hero. I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm in the middle of reading Stone's Rules uh, as we speak. And I actually had, I had a couple questions, if time allowing, but I'll just go with my, my first important question to start, which is you had a guest, uh, Dr. Robert Epstein, on your show just a week or two ago. Um, he's actually my, my dad, so I'm, you know, I'm privy to a lot of his research. So I wanted to know, you know, A, and, and for those who don't know, his research is about essentially how big tech uh, has the ability um, and is shifting millions of votes to the left in all of these uh, elections, and they're doing it invisibly uh, besides, you know, suppressing 
big stories like, uh, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop, et cetera. My question is, you know, what are your thoughts in general on his research? Do you think that uh, his research will end up end up playing a role in the upcoming 2024 presidential election? And if so, uh, what can be done about it? Is President Trump going to do something about it? What can what can we do about it? Uh, this is uh, one of the most interesting interviews I have ever done. Uh, folks who missed it was uh, last week. Uh, you can go to the 77 WABC radio app, uh, or you can go to WABCradio.com, uh, and you will find uh, a full recording of that interview. Uh, it was really amazing. Uh, Dr. Epstein basically has documented uh, how Google uh, and others uh, in Silicon Valley uh, may have moved as many as 16 million votes uh, to Joe Biden in the last election uh, by their rationing, uh, withholding, uh, and allowing uh, the flow uh, of information, how they are poised to do it again uh, if there are not reforms. Uh, he has a, an excellent website, which uh, perhaps you know the... Oh, let me see if I can find... Uh, since I didn't anticipate your question. Uh, he has a wonderful website, which you can see uh, in real time, uh, that uh, that dashboard is uh, americasdigitalshield.com. americasdigitalshield.com. Fascinating to see the actual manipulation of information. Uh, General Flynn has uh, put this perhaps better than anyone else, but we are in a, a war uh, and information is a key part of that war. They seek to limit what the American people see uh, and read. Uh, they are butthurt that the acquisition of Twitter, now known as X, has broken their monopoly uh, on social media, which they utilize for their political purposes. That's why the Biden administration is pushing uh, the FCC, which has... Uh, approved rules to turn over control of the actual internet uh, to the FCC for the first time ever to regulate the internet regarding content. In other words, they want to see at the highest possible level, uh, they want to control what you and I can see. Uh, the new regulations at the FCC are clearly uh, unconstitutional, uh, but uh, this Supreme Court uh, wouldn't hear uh, the case of 21 attorney generals questioning uh, various facts about the last presidential election, uh, what makes us believe that they will overturn this monstrosity? Clearly, they're not happy about the fact that they still control uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok. By the way, the Roger Stone on Facebook, folks, do, please don't follow that guy. It's not me. It's a fugazi. It's a fraud. Also, there's an official Roger Stone uh, at uh, YouTube. This one really tickles me because this guy's verified. There's only one problem. It's not me. You can only find me on X, formerly known as, Twi as Twitter, and that's at Roger J. Stone JR, uh, or at uh, Real Roger Stone at True Social. I'm also Roger J. Stone Jr. Uh, over on Telegram, uh, but the more I post on Telegram, uh, the more the number of my followers drop. Go figure. So, uh, look, the Republicans uh, would be very wise to take uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Epstein's research to heart and to examine it. I'm hopeful that they will do so. Just public exposure 
stop them from this kind of manipulation in the runoff of the Georgia Senate race, and perhaps with enough public exposure, this type of manipulation uh, can be uh, minimized in the next uh, presidential election. All right, let's go to uh, Patrick in Indiana. Patrick, welcome to The Roger Stone Hello. Show. Hello, Roger. Um, Mike Johnson is the only one that can impeach this incompetent vice president and vice president. Because if, if Kamala Harris is still vice president, when next year's election comes, she'll do what um, Mike Pence did in spades. She'll uh, allow as many Democrat states as she has to to vote more times than one after election day, and nobody but Joe Biden, if he is still alive, will be elected. Uh, a, a very shrewd observation. Thank you so much uh, for your call. It's interesting to me that a federal judge in Pennsylvania ruled last week that people who wanted to vote uh, by mail-in ballot uh, or absentee ballot uh, but failed to date uh, their ballot uh, but mailed it in nonetheless would be counted. Let, let me cut to the chase. That means that a week after the election, they're going to find uh, many, many, many paper ballots that are strangely undated and they will be 99% for Joe Biden or whoever uh, the Democrat is. I must say I was very tickled uh, to see Oliver Stone, uh, who is uh, no relation to me, but uh, who has very, very different politics than I do. Uh, but his friend Sean Stone is actually a friend of mine. His, he's got more libertarian-oriented politics than his father. Uh, actually uh, telling Bill Maher, uh, that he believed that the 2020 election uh, results were not accurate, and essentially that the election was stolen. Now, I know Bill Maher had been on his show a number of times. He accused me of being a Russian traitor. Uh, then he later admitted there was no Russian collusion, but he has uh, never invited me back to clear my name of that odious falsehood. Uh, Bill does very, very well uh, when he has a phalanx of writers doing his material. Uh, on his uh, feet, uh, not quite so good. He seemed completely flummoxed, uh, and he had to repeat what we know is a false narrative. Oh, no, the courts examined all that, and they ruled otherwise. No, the courts never heard any of these cases. Uh, the courts turned all the cases away based on issues of standing, uh, and therefore the results of the 2020 election in which uh, even the most uh, uh, unbiased person would have to admit there are extraordinary anomalies and irregularities have never actually been reviewed in a court of law, perhaps, just perhaps, in Donald Trump's upcoming trial in Washington, D.C., uh, and his upcoming trial uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, where he is, in my opinion, falsely uh, accused of knowing that he lost the election and then conspiring with others to hang on to power, uh, I think he may, may uh, be allowed in both cases to present the evidence by which he reached the conclusion that the election was rigged and stolen from him. If that happens, it will be the first time that all that information has actually been introduced uh, in open court. That's not transpired yet. 
So uh, I, I thought Bill was going to wet his pants. He was so upset. Uh, Oliver Stone um, wrote me a kind note after reading my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, telling me that he wished that he had read my book prior to making his movie. He did not understand the outsized role uh, and the immediate motive of uh, Lyndon Baines uh, Johnson. I thank you very much uh, for your call. Uh, let's, let's try uh, uh, Mordecai in New Jersey. Mordecai, are you with us? Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can now. Sorry about that. Um, hi, Roger. I just I just wanted to say I'm a big fan. Um, I actually there's there's two things. Number one, uh, I just wanted to preface this by saying I had friends that were murdered on October seventh um, in Israel. My friend Jake Marlowe was murdered running security at the music festival, um, and uh, I have another friend Shlomi Ziv who is being held hostage right now in, in uh, Gaza. Another one of my friends, uh, well, I, I knew him. Uh, his name is Omer Nutra. He's also being held in Gaza. Um, I just wanted to say that also, I, I'm not sure if you've read this or heard about this, but recently, uh, yesterday, I believe, there were two Palestinians that were murdered, butchered by their own people, by their own Palestinians, uh, for suspected of being collaborators with Israel. They chopped up the one Palestinian's limbs, and they threw them in a bag, and they played with them in the streets. They tossed them to each other. These are the same people that were dancing in the streets on the day of 9-11 celebrating. My question to you is, um, with the president's lackluster support of uh, the American hostages being held and the hostages being held overall, what do you think, that's give, what do you think uh, that shows and what message do you think that gives off to our enemies that, um, you know, they're sitting over there laughing at us because... We have the might of the American military, and we're not using it. Uh, instead, we're getting shelled, and our troops are being killed in Syria and other military bases. But when we could be doing something else, what do you think that gives off? And, and what, how do you think that could be different, or that would be different, if we had someone else in office, uh, namely Trump? I think uh, that most of the nations of the world are baffled about how stupid we are in that we have a— uh, we have uh, this strategy in the Middle East of uh, funding and assisting both sides. Uh, does anyone in their right mind think that when Joe Biden unfroze $6 billion of assets for Iran, uh, that that did not free up money to finance the October 7th attacks in Israel? Does anyone think that the $100 million that is being given to Hamas for humanitarian purposes will not be used to, to restock uh, bullets uh, and bombs and weapons. Uh, does anyone think this shocks me? The hundred billion dollars that the Biden administration is now moving to unfreeze in assets for Iran uh, is not going to go to continue to fund this terrorist war. At the same time, we're committed to the support of Israel, uh, as I am, uh, but we are putting limitations. Uh, on what Israel can do, what targets they can hit, where they can go, what weapons they can use, at the same time that our hostage negotiations, thank God that some people got out, but I don't believe it has yet produced uh, a single American. This is the backdrop uh, of the next election. Weakness uh, provokes aggression. Weakness is provocative. Uh, and therefore, watching our weakness in Afghanistan 
where we left billions of high-tech military-grade equipment behind, uh, and we basically sold out those who had supported us so that they would be brutally murdered. We provided no protection to them, uh, and we didn't use our sophisticated drone technology to keep the Taliban pinned down, costing American lives and countless Afghanistan lives. Uh, at the same time, we are continuing to deplete our own store of munitions uh, and ammunition and weapons uh, to fund a war in Ukraine, which, folks, I don't think is going well. It's not going well. We were told that the spring offensive would, uh, uh, would uh, bring victory. Uh, this will grind on forever uh, unless we get somebody who can negotiate a settlement. We now know, uh, mostly through the reporting of the great Glenn Greenwald, who used to be at the Intercept, uh, now working independently, uh, has his own site. Uh, his politics are not mine, but he's absolutely a truth teller. Uh, and he points out that there were numerous opportunities for a peace settlement uh, between uh, uh, these countries, uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, and in each occasion, they were scuttled by the Biden administration, uh, Joe Biden uh, and uh, the Secretary uh, of State. So uh, it, is, uh, it's, it is really extraordinary because we are on both sides. We are funding death and destruction on both sides. Uh, in the end, the, the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas influence in the modern Democratic Party particularly among younger voters, it appears, is getting so great uh, that Joe Biden will continue uh, to be weak in the face of this terrorist threat in order to try to hold those votes. Uh, it is uh, really, really uh, pathetic. I thank you so much for your call. Folks, uh, if you want to call in our number, 800-848-9222. Uh, let's uh, go to uh, Lou in White Plains. Lou, are you there? Hey, hello, Mr. Stone. Uh, what a what a pleasure to, to be able to he turn on and and, and hear uh, hear yourself and, and the likes of Dick Morris. Uh, it's it's invaluable, and you guys can't go anywhere. We need you here forever. <laughs> uh, Dick, ha Dick, Dick, ha Dick, Dick had a great show today. I listened to it. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. It, it always is like yours. It's just there's just so much that. To be had uh tough to follow the, the call uh previous uh someone that is so you know affected by by what's happening i almost feel frivolous but um back to jfk uh my uncle being a a pretty good athlete well known from brockton mass went out and made a couple appearances for a guy named jfk uh and then uh, later in his later years moved to florida and and was uh had a lawyer named frank Regano. Who uh, who handled uh, the couple guys that you mentioned, Traficante, Marcellus, uh, Jimmy Hoffa, uh, and he represented my uncle. So uh, my uncle, in his book, Ragano, uh, speaks about being at lunch with with my uncle um, and then getting the call. I don't want to misspeak from either Marcellus or Traficante saying that it's been taken care of. It's it's done. You know, um, the day the day of the uh, the assassination. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of uh, Regano or read his book. 
I, I actually have, uh, and uh, everything yeah. uh, everything I think you say is uh, reflected in in my book. Uh, it is absolutely clear that the double cross of Marcelo and the uh, and Santo Traficante, who uh, the Attorney General in the Eisenhower administration was seeking to deport, uh, and the stepping up of that effort by Attorney General Robert Kennedy becomes a, a major motive for the mob. Uh, along with that uh, is the fact that JFK spurns uh, the support of Frank Sinatra. Sinatra, who had campaigned vigorously for Kennedy in 1960, Sinatra, whose mother Dolly Sinatra had been a ward healer of the Hudson County Democratic Organization, also a midwife, uh, had uh, been the head uh, of the entertainment for John Kennedy's uh, inauguration, bringing the entire Rat Pack with him. Uh, but when Kennedy was scheduled to visit Las Vegas uh, and scheduled to stay, uh, pardon me, Palm Springs, uh, and was scheduled to stay at the home of Sinatra, uh, that was next, even though Sinatra had put in a helipad at great expense for the presidential helicopter, and instead, it was decided that JFK would stay at the home of Bing Crosby, who was a Republican. Uh, this is the beginning uh, of Frank Sinatra's break with the Kennedys. Uh, although he'd been a lifelong Democrat, by 1970, uh, he supported his pal Ronald Reagan's re-election uh, as governor of California, uh, and then went on to uh, support Reagan when he was elected president uh, in 1980, actually going so far as to uh, campaign for him uh, in uh, uh, in Hoboken, uh, which he had not visited for many years, based on some beef uh, that he had uh, with the local town fathers. I remember it very succinctly uh, because uh, it was a Reagan rally uh, that he attended, uh, and uh, when I told him uh, my mother's maiden name, uh, he put his arm around and he said, "I knew you were a smart kid, uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, a truly." Uh, great, great man. In any event, uh, I thank you very much for your call. I make the case again uh, that the, the the House committee correctly says the mob is involved in Kennedy's assassination, but jo but Lyndon Johnson is on the pad for the mob. Uh, in other words, uh, a man named Jack Halfer is paying Johnson uh, to protect the mob's uh, illegal gambling dens in Houston. Uh, and Dallas uh, and uh, San Antonio, uh, and uh, he's getting the princely sum of, uh, I think it is uh, $1950,000 a month, which is a huge bribe, maybe in 5000 I have to go back and look in my book. Uh, but uh, he is on the pad, uh, Johnson is on the pad for Marcello, that is his connection to organized crime. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, we later learn uh, that Halfer, the man who was the bag man would be pardoned from uh, some unrelated crime literally days after LBJ becomes president. Uh, Lou, thank you so much for your call. Uh, here's a very special call, Bubba in Tampa, Florida. Hello, Roger. Is this the is this Bubba the Love Sponge? This is. It's been trying to call you. 
for about an hour and a half, but your phone lines are so blown up on 77 WABC. Thank God they got the balls to put somebody like you on there. Kudos to them. Kudos to 77 WABC for putting Roger Stone on. I love that, being a radio historian. Well, I, uh, I've been a privileged to be a guest on your show many times. We were introduced by our mutual friend, Tucker Carlson. Uh, and, yeah. I'm de- and I'm delighted that you called in today. Uh, do you have a comment or a question? Yeah, I got, I actually, the guy before me, oddly enough, so I'm listening to the whole show and I'm like, okay, they're opening up with the monologue of the JFK and Roger's covering it beautifully. He's got, you know, I, I found it interesting that JFK hit the, hit the deck prior to the, to the, to the first shot. And you get, you know, I learned some stuff that I didn't know prior, but I was like in the back of my head. I had, us people from Tampa have had it instilled in our head that Sampa, Santos Traficante really was supposed to be the day before at, near the Florinian Hotel. It was supposed to be, that's where it was supposed to be, be taking place. Uh, but there was a rain shower and they needed the bubble on top of the limo. So that guy, I, I thought for sure nobody knew that. And the, the fine gentleman before me did address that. Um, while I was on hold, I didn't get to hear all of it. I didn't know if you believed or you if you thought that same scenario as well. And was there in the Warren Commission or any of the any of your investigations? Yep. Was Santos supposed to be the trigger, or was he supposed to, was Kennedy supposed to be off the day earlier in Tampa? Uh, thanks uh, for that terrific question. Uh, let me make two points, and we got to go to break. First of all, it was Lyndon Johnson's aide, Bill Moyers, who instructed the Secret Service to remove the bubble top from John F. Kennedy's limousine. It had just rained, although the sun was out. If the bubble top, which was not uh, bulletproof, had been in place, it would be very hard for a sniper to get a clear uh, and convincing headshot at Kennedy. Uh, That is something another tie Johnson has to the assassination. Uh, I think that they looked at killing Kennedy in Tampa. They also looked at killing him in Chicago. Uh, They also looked at killing him in Miami. But it is only uh, in Dallas that you have these extraordinary breaches of the Secret Service uh, protocols. Uh, I want to thank my good friend Bubba for calling in. Uh, This is The Roger Stone Show. We're going to go to break, but we will be right back. This is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. This is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going and he's smart and he's strong and people love him. Not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone. Now, here's Roger Stone. Welcome back. This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC, where we are making AM radio great again. This is the crown jewel of AM radio, the very best talk and entertainment lineup in the country. You're going to want to get that 77 WABC radio app for your cell phone so you don't miss any of the amazing, amazing programming here uh, at WABC. Uh, I have a, a an email here that I'm going to respond to. Uh, it says, Roger, uh, I saw the sausage and pepper casserole uh, you made for yesterday's Thanksgiving. This came in the day after Thanksgiving. 
Uh, and uh, I wanted to know the recipe. Uh, terrific uh, question. I'm happy to answer it. This is uh, my mother's recipe, which means, therefore, it's my grandmother's recipe. Uh, family name was Corbo. Uh, and uh, it's really simple. You buy a mix of uh, hot and sweet Italian sausage uh, of high quality. Uh, you brown them uh, in the oven at 365 degrees uh, at uh, around uh, 30 minutes to make sure they're cooked thoroughly. Uh, raw pork can give you trichinosis. You don't want that. Uh, then uh, simultaneously, uh, you slice green and red peppers, uh, onions, and you chop some garlic. You put that all into a large, uh, wide pan with a little bit of water. Uh, you cover it and you steam it until the peppers are soft but not falling apart. Uh, then you remove the sausage from the oven. Uh, you take a fry pan uh, and uh, in some garlic and high quality olive oil, the kind designed specifically for frying and sauteing, available at Gristiti's, by the way. Uh, you brown the sausage. Uh, at the same time, once your vegetables have been steamed so they're relatively soft, you now drain the water uh, you put in a, a base of olive oil uh, and you saute those lightly. Then you put the ingredients from both pans together, put it in the oven for about, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes at 100 degrees, uh, and you have uh, Sicilian sausage and peppers, uh, uh, Grandma Stone style. Uh, the recipe uh, is yours, and I appreciate your asking about it. Uh, Gina in California, you have a call. Hi, Roger. I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you so much for all you do for Trump and being such great patriots. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes, indeed. Please go right ahead. Okay, Gina. great. So um, I have two questions. One is the footage um, of the driver. Like, it looked like he had, he had um, pulled out a gun. Just curious about that. And then the other question I had, um, my dad actually, in the 60s, after the fact, was working with one of the nurses. And um, I know from what he had, my dad unfortunately died before Trump, you know, even um, went to office. But um, apparently, like, you know, her and the other staff, they were all afraid. And they, because um, so many people were being killed off. So every six months, she kept moving around and um you know, she said the Warren Commission, um, they fal falsified her information and used her testimony against her and whatnot. And, um, but what I was curious about was that I had read that the last remaining, I think there were at the time, like a few years ago, there were like four remaining hospital staff. Like there was one doctor and three other hospital staff that made a joint statement. So do you know if the people were able to eventually come forward and... You know, give their testimony. Yes, absolutely. This this new documentary, which is actually reviewed in the New York Times, what the Parkland doctors saw, uh, is an extraordinary uh, piece of work. It is made uh, with uh, without any focus on anything other than that narrow question: what the doctors saw and what the doctors uh, were told. Uh, I recommend it to you because it destroys the single bullet theory. It destroys the lone gunman theory. Uh, and uh, the doctors in all cases say they were warned to 
not discuss, to essentially forget what they had seen, which is obviously extraordinarily disturbing. It's very interesting that the Warren Commission never actually saw the autopsy photos. They were denied access to the autopsy photos. What they saw were drawings of what the autopsy photos showed. Uh, really quite uh, extraordinary. You can go on YouTube. There's a great video of Jack Ruby. Uh, and uh, Jack Ruby would die of cancer after killing Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, who the government claims was the lone assassin, uh, which he denies, killing him in cold blood. Why the Dallas police, by the way, would would parade a man accused of killing the President of the United States in an open garage. Ruby had no problem getting in, but maybe that's because he knew most of the cops, since a number of them were at his carousel club the night before, along with several Secret Service agents who would be guarding Kennedy the next day. Warren Commission doesn't really tell us much about that, uh, do they? So, uh, but Ruby can be seen being led down a hallway uh, by a Texas police officer, and a reporter shouts to him, Jack, Jack, how did this happen? How could this happen? Uh, and Ruby says, look at the man at the top, the man at the very, very top. Reporter says, uh, Jack, what do you mean? And Ruby says, let me put it to you this way. If Adelaide Stevenson had been a vice president, none of this would have happened. There it is, pointing the finger yet again. Cui uh, bono, who benefits? Who had the most to benefit uh, in the murder of John F. Kennedy? Johnson appoints himself to the Subcommittee of Defense Appropriations where the CIA's secret black box budgets are controlled. Uh, he is the paymaster for the CIA through the 50s and early 60s. Uh, Johnson is on the pad for organized crime, being paid uh, by Carlos Marcello uh, through Jack Halfer. Uh, Johnson is the water carrier in Washington, D.C. for Big Texas Oil, H.L. Hunt, uh, Clint Murchison, D.H. Uh, Byrd. D.H. Byrd was the owner of the Texas School Book Depository Building. I'll tell you a little more about uh, him uh, in just a second. So, uh, and then, of course, uh, J. Edgar Hoover was Lyndon Johnson's next-door neighbor and a close uh, confidant of his. The Johnson's girls referred, uh, referred to Hoover as Uncle Edgar, he knew the Kennedys were going to cashier him in 1964. It was Hoover who supplied the photographs of a stunning East German spy named Inga Arva in bed with JFK uh, that Johnson used to blackmail his way onto the ticket. Johnson uh, is, uh, is not JFK's first choice. Uh, Johnson has chosen Stuart Symington, a senator from Missouri as vice president, according to the memoirs of Symington himself and also to the memoirs of Clark Clifford. Uh, when Johnson shows him the photos and tells him that he needs Texas, Johnson can guarantee him Texas on the ticket. Uh, and uh, otherwise, well, these photos, courtesy of J. Edgar Hoover's FBI, may just find their way over to Richard Nixon. There, there you have it. Uh, it is uh, interesting that on a very cold day, uh, January, uh, Ted Sorensen, the chief speechwriter for Kennedy, 
standing next to Bobby Baker, the aforementioned Secretary of the Senate, uh, we spoke about earlier, uh, and after Johnson is sworn in, again, uh, he is told uh, by Sorensen, congratulations, Baker says, John F. Kennedy will die a violent and premature death, and he storms away. To me, it's a pretty open uh, and shut case. But uh, I thank you very much for your call. Uh, Al in Yonkers, uh, Westchester County, my old stomping grounds. Welcome to the Roger nice Stone to speak Show. To you. Yeah, nice to speak to you, Oliver Stone. Uh, a pleasure. Uh, just two things, you know, since I'm a young, kid, young guy, I've always followed the assassination of uh, President Kennedy in November 22nd, 1963. Uh, there were two serious security breaches on the day and the day after or two days uh, after. Uh, one, as you know, was the uh, uh, letting a pr uh, president travel in an open convertible. That is uh, something that changed right after his assassination. And the second thing is, as you pointed out, uh, I never could understand when uh, was a big breach with the Texas Rangers. When they were pulling up Oswald out of the, uh, the garage, whether it was from the jail or so, he had two Texas Rangers on each side of him. But uh, a big security breach is there was nobody in front of him. And it was so easy for Jack Ruby to get that shot in. And I always was disturbed that that was such a security breach. All right, let me talk about it. If you're just tuning in, folks, this is The Roger Stone Show at 77 WABC. You can find us, obviously, at 770 on the AM dial, or you can listen to us worldwide in 73 countries uh, at WABCradio.com, where we are live streaming. Check it out. And, of course, as I've said earlier, please, please uh, download uh, the app. Uh, it is uh, interesting that the Warren Commission initially almost didn't come into fruition. Johnson at first was going to appoint a Texas-based commission, have uh, the governor, John Connolly, appointed to conduct the inquiry. They planned to ask U.S. Supreme Court Justice Tom Clark, uh, a Texan, a crony of Johnson's, to chair it. But Johnson's aides persuaded him that a Texas investigation would look too much like it was being manipulated by Johnson, and therefore we got the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission includes Alan Dulles, who hated John F. Kennedy, had just been fired by him uh, after the death of Robert Kennedy, when asked why Johnson had such a firm Kennedy hater on the Warren Commission, Johnson said that Robert Kennedy insisted on it which is most likely a lie. Uh, here's why I, uh, I believe Johnson uh, is directly connected more than any of the other evidence I have already printed uh, or talked about. Uh, and uh, I'm going to answer the questions at the, set out at the beginning of the show. Uh, the shooter from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository Building is a man named Malcolm Mac Wallace. Uh, we know that it is uh, Wallace because Wallace was convicted in 1951, a first-degree murder of a man named John Douglas Kinzer, who was uh, a golfer, uh, was killed in, uh, in uh, broad daylight uh, after, how, after Kinzer got involved with Lyndon Johnson's sister, Josepha Johnson, who was kind of a bohemian party girl. Uh, but whatever it was Josepha told Kinzer, Kinzer was seeking to blackmail Johnson with that information. It was alleged that it pertained to his theft of a Senate seat in 1948. A fingerprint matching the fingerprint of Malcolm Mac Wallace 
is the only print found uh, other than those of Dallas police officers uh, and it is alleged later some prints of Oswald that are found on the cardboard boxes in the so-called crow's nest uh, from which the shooter shoots. Uh, no less than six eyewitnesses uh, describe a man who meets the physical description of Mac Wallace, who left his fingerprint on the cardboard box. Uh, nationally recognized expert uh, in fingerprint technology at the time, uh, Nathan Darby, insists there's a 32-point match more than sufficient for use uh, in a court of law. The Johnson family would go to great lengths to try to debunk that. A woman named Joan Mellon wrote a book, which is a, a cover-up. Uh, I believe it was funded through Lieutenant Governor Ben Barnes on behalf of the Johnson family interests. Uh, but uh, eyewitnesses don't lie. They all describe uh, a man who is uh, middle-aged, heavy set, heavy to middle, medium build, balding, and in every case they say wearing glasses. That is a perfect description of Mac Wallace. Uh, a man named Loy Factor, who was a Native American, uh, has written an amazing book in which he says that he was on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository Building, uh, that he was a, uh, a award-winning sharpshooter, that uh, Wallace had seen him shoot at a county fair, uh, had uh, gotten uh, his address, uh, told me he might have some work for him, uh, and later that Wallace and a mysterious woman brought him to Dallas where he was to serve as the backup shooter for Mac Wallace if Wallace uh, had the shakes or lost his nerve. Loy Factor's claim is bolstered by the fact that multiple witnesses who also saw Wallace claimed that they saw a dark-complected man uh, as well, either a, a Mexican-American or, uh, or a Native American. And Loy Factor completely accurately describes the surroundings on the sixth floor, including uh, the small detail of a flat saw uh, to the right of the window uh, from which JFK was shot. Uh, a man named James Carr uh, saw uh, a man who meets the physical description of Malcolm Mac Wallace uh, running out of the Texas School Book Depository building uh, minutes after Kennedy has been shot. Uh, jump into a Nash Rambler and be driven away by uh, another man who he describes at, as dark-complected. There would be as many as three attempts on James Carr's life after he reported what he knew to the Dallas police and the FBI. So uh, there you have it. That is, uh, now I believe, again, multiple shooters, uh, but the shooter from the uh, sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository is Malcolm Wallace. When Wallace was convicted of first-degree murder uh, in 1951, he was represented at trial by John Kofer, Lyndon Johnson's personal attorney. Johnson holed up in a local hotel uh, near where the trial was held uh, until Kofer delivered a sentence of guilty with a suspended sentence. Malcolm Mac Wallace went on immediately to get a full security clearance uh, in a job with Temco, uh, which is, was a major defense contractor uh, owned uh, by D.H. Byrd, the eccentric oil man who coincidentally happened to also own the Texas School Book Depository building. D.H. Byrd was so happy about the death of 
John Kennedy. He was a big game hunter. <clears throat> His living room had heads of all kinds of uh, lions and tigers and deer and other big game he had shot. He actually had the casings from the window from which Kennedy was shot brought and mounted in his living room uh, as uh, a uh, trophy. All true. So uh, now you know uh, who the man from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository Building was. Uh, and you had to tune in to the uh, Roger Stone show to learn it. Now, believe me, folks, you don't need to go to Rob Reiner's multi-episode podcast to learn what I have already told you. Uh, thank you so very much for your call, Al, in Yonkers. Uh, this is Roger Stone. This is the Roger Stone Show. Uh, we are uh, live uh, at uh, 77 WABC Radio, taking your questions for a few more minutes. Uh, I think it is Waldemar in Brooklyn has a question about the Trump fraud case. Let's, let's try him. Yeah, I'm here. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm being sued for a million and a half dollars in New York by a lawyer with a false case, just like Mr. Trump is being sued for nonsense. And when I reach out to any agency, the like grievance committee or the attorney general, I say, look, this guy is, is making up things and all that. They say, oh, we don't get involved with a litigation case, you know, that is in litigation and all that. So that means they're giving lies and they're telling lawyers, hey, if you want to steal somebody's assets, just make it into a lawsuit. Don't go around sneaking around, you know, uh, doing tricks under the table. Just make it a lawsuit and then we're all part of it and you got it. Because my own lawyers that the insurance company assigned, they're not defending me. They say, oh, the strategy is not to present evidence or nothing, which is ridiculous. So, you know, uh, and last year and this year, all the attorney generals of the all five boroughs announced how they were dismissing cases from 20, 10 years ago that the, the victims were already, probably already dead. They say, oh, this, we're dismissing all these cases because the uh, cops were corrupt. But you know that a policeman only brings a case to the, to, the, to the district attorney. It's up to the district attorney to look at the case with skepticism and carefully and then accept it if it's <clears throat> legit. And then the judge also has to accept it. So why they attempt, why they throwing the police under the bus when it was them who let the cases go through and uh, all, right. Uh, all right thank you for your question first of all I, i'm sure you know i'm not a lawyer uh, i'm honest uh, and therefore i wouldn't uh, i would not uh, attempt to give you legal advice uh, i've unfortunately over the last several years i've had to learn quite a bit about the legal system uh, and uh, uh, there are parts of it that are corrupt it is not completely and totally corrupt but large parts of it are corrupted they're corrupted mostly by politics, less by money and more by politics. Uh, and therefore, equal justice under the law doesn't seem to be true. Uh, Hillary Clinton can lie under oath to Congress. Uh, FBI Director James Comey can lie under oath to Congress. Uh, uh, former CIA Director John Brennan can lie under oath to Congress. 
former National Security uh, Director uh, can lie uh, to Congress under oath. Uh, they lie about material matters. None of them will be prosecuted. Uh, I make misstatements which are completely uh, immaterial, which hide no underlying crime. Uh, there's never any evidence of Russian collusion or, or WikiLeaks collaboration against me. Uh, but they jam you up with a process crime in an attempt to pressure you into testifying falsely, in my case, against Donald Trump, which I refuse to do. So uh, I, I can't, I'm not in a position to give you advice. Uh, I, in the old days, I would say file a complaint with the bar, but I have found that in many jurisdictions, uh, the bar is also corrupted. Thank you so much for your call. Steve, uh, in Buffalo, you're, you're on the Roger Stone Show. Good evening. I was just curious about presidential politics. What are your thoughts on Vivek Ramaswamy's candidacy? And I'll hang up and listen. Uh, well, first of all, he's not Donald Trump. But that said, I like him. I like his message. I like his energy. Uh, yes, I'm familiar with all of the questions regarding his his uh, past affiliations and uh, his past issue positions and how he made a vast uh, fortune. Uh, I, I choose to take him I choose to take him at his word today. Uh, I don't think he's going to be president. In any event, this is Roger Stone. This has been The Roger Stone Show. Stand by for my friend Joe Piscopo with Sundays with Sinatra.